Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? They're there. They're talk to them. Good. Can I? Yeah. I would love you to. Can I really? You know how I feel. Can I swear? I'm, I'm, absolutely. Ask your friends over here. All right. Fuck you. The Rogue of Wrestling, Michael Newman. Braun Strowman just pins him and says, Count to five. <laughs> oh, man, that Big E would have come out and be like, What the fuck, man? <laughs> Steal my five-pound gimmick? Count to ten. And then Tyler Dillinger's like, What the fuck, bro? Steal my gimmick? <laughs> and the New Jersey kid, Joe Sheehan. <laughs> All right, count to fucking, like, eleven. Does anyone have a problem? Does anybody have a problem with eleven? <laughs> and that's my number. Because I can't count higher than that. <laughs> okay, I think we're done. <laughs> uh, awesome. You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Woo! Coming at you from New Jersey, I am the New Jersey Kid, Joe Shane, with my tag team partner, the rogue of wrestling, Mr. Michael Newman. How you doing this week, man? I'm pretty excited, dude. There's a lot of crazy-ass shit to talk about this week. A mm-hmm. lot of good. A lot of good. A lot of good. Bad, but a lot of good. Uh, I would say it's a lot of good and a lot of just, like, cruise control stuff. Very little bad. Yeah, well, I mean, there is one, well, major potential bad. We'll talk about it. Because okay. I'm, I'm getting anxious about the whether they're doing the double heel turn or not, or double turn with Roman and Braun or not. Because they need to after that. Um mm-hmm. Should we get into Great Balls of Fire? Yes, I think that was perfect leaded. <laughs> yeah, uh, real quick, get it out of the way. He was on the pre-show. Neville defeated Akira Tozawa to retain his Cruiserweight title. Not that big of a deal, because I think this feud is continuing. Yeah, it's definitely going forward. Actually, because, uh, what was it in this? Is Was it on Raw or something? Tozawa pinned Neville, and they were like actually building up at a big deal, because I think it had been the first time he'd been pinned in a really long time, like several months, Yes, right? I believe that was raw, coming through yeah. my notes. Yeah, so I, I yeah. definitely think Tozawa is uh, continuing with the feud. But um, I felt like I was, I was watching him in this match, and I wonder, do you think that Tozawa lately has been kind of leaning towards Goofy too much, more so than his original kind of intensity? Oh, definitely. The pairing of him with Titus is absolutely has gone down the Goofy path. I think they felt like that there wasn't much depth to the character, and there wasn't. Really, when we saw Akira Tozawa debut, it was just him, his great moveset. Don't get me wrong, he's great in the ring, but it was just him in the ring and his catch rate. Well, I think that's that's part of the problem, because, like, yeah, the move with Titus was definitely a step further in the wrong direction. But I think even before that, like, if you notice, like, how much in the ring he kept playing to the crowd all the time, like, he'd stop mid-match. To do the, ah, mm-hmm. ah, ah, like even when he was mm-hmm. just doing his feud with Kendrick. And it's like, that's not like, that's not going to help. Like, to, the reason that people want to do the ah, ah, ah thing now is not, is not because he's saying, hey, guys, let's do it. It's because he would do it in the match when he was being a crazy motherfucker. Yeah, as you're doing a kick or a punch or something like that. Exactly. When he's being the stamina beast and kicking someone's ass, like, and mm-hmm. he's screaming, that's when everybody else wants to scream, you know? So I think they need to. Fuck it, fuck it, dye his, bleach his hair again. Like, just have him come back as the stamina <laughs> beast and just destroy some motherfuckers. Like, I don't understand. I feel like there's somebody in the back that's telling the cruiserweights to put on the brakes. 
in these matches? Because this is not the work rate we saw in the Cruiserweight Classic. No, I think what the problem is that you're running into is that they're doing the opposite of what Paul Heyman did with ECW, which is accentuate the positives, hide the negatives. And with the Cruiserweights, your positives are they're great in-ring workers, but not all of them are great great on the mic. I mean, you have very few that are good on the mic. You have Kendrick, Gallagher's starting to break through, I think, on the mic a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Uh, Austin Aries, who you lost, um, so that's going to be a big blow to the Cruiserweight division. Um, But you definitely, all of them are decent in the ring. It's the promo work is the downfall. And I think that it's exactly like what you're saying is, uh, I think they need to change the booking style of the show. They they need to do Mm -hmm. one of two different things. Either if they're going to keep this same style where they're like, I feel like clearly trying to not outclass the main roster guys, then they need to start fighting main roster guys. They need to start mixing up. Like there needs to not be this only cruiserweights fight, only cruiserweights, but only certain cruiserweights. Cause like Kalisto and Finn Balor are singles guys that fight heavyweights. And so is Enzo mm-hmm. Amore apparently, <laughs> but like Neville only fights other cruiserweights. So I, I don't know. They either need to get rid of that and let cruiserweights fight other people. Or if the cruiserweights are only fighting other cruiserweights, they need to let these guys fucking go at it and show why this division is different. Yeah, uh, I think you need to just give them very long matches and very few interview segments, and the show will be fine. Mm-hmm. Or, you know what? How about this? How about you do both? Let the cruiserweights fight the non-cruiserweights, and let them do the fucking cruiserweight style, so that then you can create more narratives within WWE that shows why that style is also awesome. And within the WWE universe, where fucking undead wizard people can win world championships and go 22-2 and two at WrestleMania, like, you know, a little whippy guy can come up and beat a big guy, too. Like, <laughs> that's possible in WWE because it's fake. It's a story. We know this. Just tell the story in a fucking awesome and entertaining way. Yeah. So let, let the cruiserweights do more. Like, they need to do one or the other. Honestly, even if they're going to keep them separated in their own little, like, you're a cruiserweight, you can't be with the other people, you can't be with the other children, then at least let them be fucking awesome like they were in the Cruiserweight Classic. Yeah. Just saying. Uh, Yeah. Uh, So then we move on to the main show, and we started off with Seth Rollins versus Bray Wyatt. Um, Weird match to start off with, because it was a very lackluster build, I felt, and Surprisingly, though, he had Bray Wyatt win. Yeah, this was surprising. I definitely thought Seth Rollins was going to get this since he was like doing the whole build the video game. So I figured they was like, oh, well, he's the cover boy. Give him the win, right? Mm-hmm. But I think as we saw on Raw, they might be going in a different direction with him. Which, all right, so this is really weird. If, if they're going in a different direction with him to go after the Miz and the IC title, then shouldn't he just have won so that then he doesn't care about Bray anymore? But now he's lost to Bray twice. Like... What did Bray get out of this? Absolutely nothing, man. Like, it's crazy. They're, that, their booking of him is like, even in a win, he gets nothing. <laughs> he wins to go into no direction. He has exactly, no, yeah. <laughs> he has no feud. Unless, are they going to maybe put him and Balor back together again? But even then, that seems Not like a lateral move instead of an up move. Oh, it's definitely a lateral move. So. I, think, I, don't, I, don't, I think Bray is just going to be complete lateral movement from now on. That's what he's kind of always been. He's just always that guy who fucking feuds with people and has mm-hmm. no long-term direction. Like, 
they don't care whether he wins or loses, so they just make him lose all the time. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck is the goal with him. But I guess their idea is that it, like... I mean, he probably sells, like, some decent merch. I feel like he has a lot of shirts. I see so many different shirts that he's had. The people fucking constantly doing the, the you know, Firefly thing, like... I guess they're like, whatever. Like, whatever we're doing right now is making us some money, so fuck it. Why would we bother trying to do anything different? Yeah, I mean, he has one of the biggest babyface entrances. That's that's what fucking kills me, dude. All right, so I'm trying to remember. Has JR gone on about whether why it would be a good babyface or not? Because I feel like he has in comparison to Mankind. Oh, yeah. At, at least every other podcast he does. Because I, I seriously do think that you could do it in a similar approach to Mankind and turn this guy into a yeah. really big babyface. I mean, Jared's got a point. Look at his entrance. That's all you need to look at. And if, if you knew nothing about wrestling, and you came in, and you saw his entrance, you would not think he's a bad guy. Yeah, it, dude, and it's, it's insane, too, how much of a fucking consistent reaction he gets, how much people react to his entrance, with the fucking mm-hmm. record that he has, and with how yeah. incoherent his storylines have been. It's amazing that anybody gives a fuck at all. Yeah. And I think that's just a testament to this this guy's fucking ability. Like, what, is he Rotunda Wyndham? Or is that Bo? Which Wyndham is he? Uh, I'm not sure, actually. Anyway, this guy is fucking talented out the wazoo. Are you looking it up? He's, he's Wyndham Lawrence Rotunda, yeah. Oh, I got the names fixed up. He's Wyndham Rotunda. Okay. And then Bo Rotunda. Yep. Yeah. I just, my mind went Japanese for a moment and switched the first <laughs> and last name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude, I think he would be a huge baby face. Absolutely. Or could. I don't know. But they would uh, need to, like, commit to him. We'll see. Um, yeah. Although they, uh, were, they were getting we really got close first... to turning him, remember? And then he got injured? Yeah. Do you think then if he hadn't got injured, right. they would have gone all the way through with it? I think so. Damn it. And I think he would be in a slightly better spot right now. I mean, he couldn't really be in that much of a worse spot, right? Well, I guess no. the spot's not that bad. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's still, not, yeah. like, bottom of the card. But just, it's like, you guys aren't doing any him, him any favors. Like, you're not he's, doing him any favors. He's not wrestling on main event. Like, at least he's on Raw. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so what was, what was so next? So then we, Enzo and Big Cass. So this is the, our first big match of the night, I'll say. First of all, what a fucking awesome promo, right? Oh, yeah. Enzo, I think, <laughs> I think I heard Stone Cold say on his podcast, as soon as he heard him cut that promo, he's like, he's getting his ass kicked. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I feel like in some way, do you, do you feel like he's been writing that promo for months or for years maybe? Mm-hmm. Because like he always knew at some point they're going to break up. Exactly. So I think in his mind he, he had this going. Or at least certain parts because, man, some of those quotes were just uh, fucking amazing. Like the, you, know, you may be seven foot tall, but you'll always be in my shadow. Like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> that was uh, fucking when he gold. quotes Sinatra, rising high in April, shot down in May. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole blue eyes thing, blue eyes Enzo. Mm-hmm. Maybe that'd be a shirt, blue eyes Enzo, <laughs> or like a new nickname for him. I don't know. Hopefully not. That probably, <laughs> I don't think that would really get him that over. <laughs> nah, but 
this was a very good match. I thought they played it out just as they should have. Yeah, this was a perfect squash because you know Cass came in. He's just like, this is fucking nonsense that you're even trying this shit. He just fucking smacked him, took his time, but like thoroughly destroyed him and humiliated yeah. him. You know. I just wish, I, I wish Enzo got just like one spot on him. You know what I mean? Like just that one little glimmer of hope spot, and then Cass immediately shuts it down. You know what? I'm I'm kind of glad that he we didn't because. We still, I still want it. Mm, so you want, right? Oh, you want to build up to it? Okay. I want it. Maybe, maybe they don't feud immediately right now. Like, let Cass do the thing with Big Show. Let Enzo be out for a week or two. Come back. Like, I think he could maybe possibly try and interfere, or he could like coach Big Show. I, but at some point, Enzo, whether it's immediately or a little bit farther down the line, I do want to see him get a little revenge on Cass. Hmm. Just get that like quick maybe interference to let Big Show go over or something. Mm, yeah, that'd be interesting. Like he uh he gets out there, cost cast the match, and then like you know that or um I don't know maybe like Cast could still win, but then like Enzo could distract him or something like that afterwards. Like he's coming after him, and then Big Show will like knock him out post match, mm-hmm. and then like I don't know Cast could jump on him afterwards or something. Yeah, just have, like, Enzo get one over on him. Yeah, something. Yeah. At some point, I would like to see a little comeuppance. Yeah. Uh, then we had the Hardy Boys go against Sheamus and Cesaro in a 30-minute Iron Man match. Uh, I thought this was a great match between these teams. Very yeah. physical, mm-hmm. and I love the psychology of the falls. Yeah, this is... I think the bar showed off exactly what their, like what they are right now as far as champions. Like, they showed why they're champions because they have the strategy and the skill to beat anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, I fucking loved that, uh, you know, the initial Cesaro running in to fake out Matt Hardy, hit the brogue kick instant first fall. Genius. And then just, like, you know, playing defense for a lot of the rest of the match. Yeah, being smart about it. We have the lead. We're not going to blow it. Right, and then you know, just constantly you know, cutting off the ring, doing the teamwork double maneuvers, and uh, you know, Cesaro getting like you know another couple sneaky pins because he got that pin right before the end uh, when he got Jeff yeah. Hardy off the Swanton because he thought Cesaro or uh, Sheamus was legal. Like, yeah, that was great. And then like Jeff then- Hardy with the uh, timing, you know, Jeff Hardy with the timing of trying to get the last uh, pin off of that twist of fate and missing yeah, it twist by the fate. Times up. Although I feel like this, a lot of the um, oh, gee, what's what I'm looking for the the drama of the situation really wasn't there because like if they tied then Cesaro and Sheamus would have still won, so it was like I don't know if they had been well, tied that, and then that uh, was happening then it would be more do, dramatic. But ties yeah. usually do go into an overrun. Oh okay. Yeah, a lot of Iron Man matches they'll they'll still come out and be like, okay, there's an extra ten minutes. Whoever gets the first fall wins, or something like that. Okay, maybe that could have been why they did that then. But yeah, I thought it was a great match. Yeah, uh, surprisingly good. Iron Man matches are tough, so yeah. Uh, uh, then we got Sasha Banks and Alexa Bliss for the women's championship, with uh, Alexa retaining on the countout rule. Yeah, this is a. I think this definitely sets up some sort of rematch, um, but. After watching Raw, it seems like they're kind of going for maybe of a more of a multi-woman match. Do you think for SummerSlam? Yeah, 
That's what it seems like. So, I don't know. I guess they, they wanted to get uh, Sasha to get a little bit more heat here um, by getting the spot afterwards with that. Um, what she hit was knees off of the uh, announce table. Yeah. And then uh, Alexa got the, uh, like, slapped her, right? And then just stayed outside. Yeah, after the intentional uh, count out. Which is smart. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that fits Alexa Bliss's character. So. Oh, it's perfect. She, like, looked to realize what was happening and was like, all right, I'll take it. Yeah, and you know what, like, the other fucking reality of the thing is, there were a lot of matches on this card already, and they even had to cut some matches out of this card, so some of the other matches had to be short, and this was one of the ones that was going to have to be short, so I liked that if it was going to be shorter, they have it be a finish like this, instead of it just be like, oh, well, Alexa Bliss pinned Sasha clean, and now it's over. Yeah, I have to give it to them. They did horrible on timing of this show, Mm -hmm. but the finishes were... Uh, at least a good variety. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, I feel like this is actually a pretty good show. I liked mm-hmm. Great Balls of Fire overall. Um, yeah. Anyway, did you have any more uh, things about uh, a Bliss and Banks? No. Uh, I think what, what I think I think this match was basically to get Sasha back into the picture of the title because she was so far out of it, mm-hmm. and now that leads better into a SummerSlam match where you can have her and maybe a Nia Jax and someone like that in the picture as well. Right, because if she was going to stay in for SummerSlam, she had to get something. Yeah. Because, like, Bailey's the former champion, Bliss is the champion, Nia's the current powerhouse. Yeah, and Sasha was on 205 Live a couple weeks ago. Like, Yeah, exactly. Uh, then we had Miz versus Dean Ambrose for the IC title, um, and with some help from the Miz Taraj, Miz defeated Ambrose to retain it. Yeah, I mean, this is... I feel like this is kind of exactly what we expected it to be. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> this feud has got to end at some point. I think this is the I end. do like... I do like the infusion of uh, Seth Rollins on Raw, so it's, yeah, yeah, to I, kind of spice things up. Yeah, I, I do think that... Actually, I think... Well, we'll get into it more, I guess, on Raw, um, where we yeah. talk about the Intercontinental title picture, but... Yeah, uh, uh, yeah I definitely feel we, like this is the last singles match we're getting between Ambrose and Miz for a while. <laughs> yeah, they definitely need to go away for a while. <laughs> well, it's just because the problem um, is they fucking feuded for so long in SmackDown, and then they just, and then just like, kept oh, it going. Oh, oh. So it was like... <sighs> it's so good, we should just keep it going. It's just too long. Uh, then we got Roman Reigns against Braun Strowman in an ambulance match with the surprising finish of Strowman getting the win. But you had the caveat of Reigns getting the upper hand in the post-match. First of all, really, really fun, solid, brutal match. I fucking love um, Strowman's spot of the fucking, like, hit me again, you bitch, with the chair. Oh, my God. I marked so hard. (laughs) That was so badass, dude. Oh, my God. I, it's like, what we've been waiting for out of him, of just the, fuck it, I'm a giant guy, I can take this shit. Exactly, like, that was the fucking thing, was it's like, yeah, he just fucking batted that shit, like, Roman Reigns was fucking swinging for the fences, it looked like. You know, and Braun Strowman just fucking bats that shit away like it isn't anything. And he fucking <laughs> makes it look believable. Yeah. Uh, oh we God. also got people uh, running into LED screens. Mm-hmm. And... So then we get to the finish of Roman Reigns missing the spear on Braun Strowman. Into the ambulance. 
into the ambulance. So then Braun Strowman wins. Fair and square. Yeah. Fair and square. Mm-hmm. Then Roman Reigns decides that he is pissed that he lost the match. And in his frustration, beats the shit out of Braun Strowman. Locks him into the back of the ambulance. And then proceeds to try and murder him. <laughs> no, no, no. Before he tries murdering him, throws the poor ambulance driver out of the car. And injures a poor and innocent ambulance driver. <laughs> the man was only there to take someone to the hospital. <laughs> this motherfucker, by, like, by WWE's own booking methods and philosophy, is there any way that Roman Reigns is not a heel? After this? Uh, yeah. What? How is Roman Reigns not a heel after this? Explain this Dude, to they, me. They've had faces uh, destroy, like, heels and cars and just have them be like, yeah, I had to do what I had to do. Like, But Roman Reigns... I'm not saying it's right. Roman Reigns wa- lost because he was a dipshit and dove into the ambulance. Then, out of his own frustration at himself, decides to try and murder... Braun Strowman, the man who beat him fair and square. This is the man who then, after the jaws of life, pry open that weird little door on the side of the ambulance that clearly was not really that locked, um, emerges and, like the greatest baby face of all time, rises from the ashes like a phoenix, refusing medical help, telling everybody to leave me alone. I'm not for them yet. Like, like a fucking complete badass. People can take it out on stretchers all the time for lesser things. He survived vehicular homicide attempt <laughs> and walked away. Jesus Christ! And Roman Reigns, like, and the commentary was selling it like a heel thing too. They were like, "I've never seen anything like this." They weren't selling it like a babyface thing of like, "Oh, well, he had to do it." Like Braun Strowman just wouldn't go away. So, well, yeah, Kurt Angle was on that the next night with, we really have to look into, like, what you did. I, I, I feel like there's this hat, this, call me crazy. I think they're doing it. You think they're doing a double turn? I think they are. And I think it's going to culminate at SummerSlam. I think it's going to culminate. The at double turn occurs at SummerSlam? I think it, it it fully culminates kind of at SummerSlam, or at least the next stage of it, because here's my prediction. I think that uh, Braun Strowman is going to be out until SummerSlam, and he's going to make a surprise return at SummerSlam okay. during what, and I'll get into why, but uh, I think it's going to be a triple threat for the main title, for the Universal title yeah. with Reigns, uh, Joe, yeah. and Lesnar, and I think he's going to fuck Reigns' day up. I think he's just going to fucking murder the shit out of him. Which would be a great opportunity for them to put the title on Joe, but we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, speaking of Joe, though, uh, oh, sorry, we had the match of the night first. Yeah, the, the semi-main event, cannot forget. <laughs> Heath Slater versus Kurt Hawkins. Versus Kurt Hawkins. <laughs> Which Slater won? <laughs> Which Slater won off camera? <laughs> so, Do you know any idea if- what move he used? What is Slater's finishing move? Does he have a finishing move? The the Slater haters. Uh, uh. I like it, the Slater hater. Um, but yeah, 
Slater somehow won. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Did, um, like, do you, was this? Do you think this was part of the uh, overall planned segment? Or no, like, I think it was. Oh, hey, we're going to need time to show this like Jaws of Life thing, technically, because that doesn't just happen right away. Yeah. Um. So we should throw something in the middle. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, I assume that they taped the whole backstage segment ahead of time, but like mm. for pacing, like, did they? ahead of time know that they were going to have to throw out some sort of thing there to distract people? Or did they like so, not realize how you, long the edit was and they were like, oh shit, put something out there. They're getting bored. <laughs> some combination of that because you also the like you don't want that segment leading right into the championship match. So a match like Heath yeah. Slater and Hawkins is like a good breather. I guess, but like they, but they did it simultaneously so it, it doesn't really make it a breather. You know what I mean? Like, if they let this resolve and then <laughs> had a job or match, then it's like a breather, but this is going on like during it. Yeah. It, it, I think it was supposed to be a breather and someone just like kind of fucked up the timing. Anyway, I, I really, I really hope this is going to be the double turn. I feel like it's got to be. Um, but yeah, then we got the main event. Samoa Joe versus Brock Lesnar. And guess what happened? Joe didn't get jobbed out. He didn't. Uh, I felt he like... He lost. I felt like... But... And this is... I mean, I feel like they should have made him look a little bit better. Because the fact that he got... There was, he, he threw yeah. Lester through a table. He fucking low-blowed him. And still couldn't put him out. Like, I mean, come on. But... But you have to look at the positives, really. Lesnar did sell really well for him. He did. I mean, I think that Lesnar or um, Joe still looks good coming out of this. I feel like he just could have oh, looked better or they just could have let him win. But I know they're yeah. not just going to let him win over Lesnar. I, I get it. Um, but overall, I think they still did a good – they did good by Joe. And they did good by themselves because it's like, look, if, yeah. if you guys make Joe look good, you're going to make more money. So I think they understand that. Also, I give that to him. Like, the timing was horrible, but, like, I was so scared when I saw how much time was, like, technically left for the, the show mm -hmm. when they were going on. And I was like, oh, God, mm -hmm. don't just job out Joe. But yeah. they, they went long and let him at least have a decent match. Well, fucking throwing him, throwing him through the table, too, was just badass right off the start. Like, the crowd fucking blew up for that. Yeah, like, so Goldberg got offense on Lesnar. Joe has gotten the best offense on Lesnar, though. Yeah, I think he's by far gotten the best-looking offense on Lesnar so far. And Lesnar even sold it, so this mm -hmm. is a nice lead-in for Raw. In the segment where mm -hmm. um, we had Joe confront Lesnar and uh, Roman Reigns, uh, Lesnar sold when Joe came out. He was kind of like, oh, shit, mm -hmm. he's here. And then, and then when he was in the ring there with Joe, too, dude, he looked mm -hmm. like he was getting legitimately pissed. Yeah. Because, dude, Joe rocked that segment so hard against Reigns and Brock. Oh, my God, he was killing them with the lines. When Reigns was, like, talking, he was like, I'm sorry, didn't you lose last night? Yeah. You but then Reigns did have a really good comeback. He was like, do you see my opponent here tonight? <laughs> and that, what, a, what a fucking heel thing, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I took him out. It's like, oh, yeah, I killed him. <laughs> Oh yeah, I tried to murder that guy because I got mad that I lost a match fair and square. I can't handle the fact that I lost. What if Joe was like, dude, that's my catchphrase. I kill people. Because, like, you know what? His his fucking logic would be justified if after 
being thrown into the ambulance, Braun Strowman took him out and was like, I'm not finished with you yet, and was killing him. But he wasn't. He was just celebrating. (laughs) He was like, yeah, I won. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, God damn it. Why? (laughs) You son of a bitch. Don't you know the rules? (laughs) I've already went through an LED screen. Gosh, yeah, that promo was fucking solid, though. And I feel like at this point, even though they haven't made it official, they'd have to be goddamn fools not to do a triple threat, right? That's at least land. a triple threat. Depending on what they do with Braun, Braun could be added to make it a fatal four-way, so we'll mm-hmm. see. Yeah, I mean, I think... All right, I'll, I'll explain my optimal booking, which I kind of did before. But, like, at this point, Joe is so fucking popular right now, they have to capitalize on it. Even if they don't want to put him on the title, which is what my booking is, like... At least put him in this match. Like, there's no reason not to. Because mm. even fuck it, even if even if they just want to have him be the fall guy, then there you go, WWE. You can keep Reigns and Lesnar for later if you really want to, you fucks. Um, but here's but my you solution. Shouldn't. Well, I mean, fine, whatever. You can have them fight again at some point. I don't care. <laughs> um, which maybe means they shouldn't do it because I just don't fucking care. Um, but yeah, fucking book the triple threat. Have Braun Strowman come in. Surprise return at SummerSlam. Fuck Roman Reigns' day up. Put him through some tables. Fucking throw him through a barricade. Bloody his face up. I don't care. Murder him. And then Samoa Joe can pin Roman Reigns' dead carcass. <laughs> to get the title. <laughs> because Joe wins. That would get a huge fucking pop from the crowd. Lesnar still hasn't been beaten by anybody other than Goldberg. So, like, I guess there's that. You know, saves the rematch. So there you go. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Like, honestly, I think at this point, they probably should put the title on somebody else. Just, like, not having the champion on TV is, you know, got to be kind of poop for them, I'm sure. And just, I don't know, from a feel perspective, I just hate part-time champions. And I've ranted about that a million times. What do you think about this whole angle and direction? Where should the Universal title go? Debacle. Uh, I mean, I'm good with how it is now because Lesnar is very involved. Um, I would like to see it on Joe just to throw a new face on there. Mm-hmm. But either, I mean, either Joe or Braun with this upcoming match. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I feel like I would like to see Braun get it at some point, but maybe not yet. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see a bigger feud built with Braun. Because I feel like he's he's going to be one of those guys that's going to be a cornerstone for them for years. Like, he fits perfectly in their wheelhouse of what they want, but the crowd also likes him. So it's mm-hmm. like, here we go. Let's do it. <laughs> but at the same time, you can't just like... I don't know. I mean, I feel like if they gave it to him, though, it wouldn't be a bad thing. It wouldn't necessarily be. Like, it wouldn't be fucking giving the title to Jinder Mahal. You know what I mean? Oh, God. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. What else did we have on this show? Uh, We had... Oh, yeah. That was the Hardy Boys. I was thinking about Raw. Yeah. I was just... Yeah. Yeah, I got... Because we got... You know, just start going down the rabbit hole, going right from the Great Balls of Fire into Rocks, the promo. 
Uh, yeah. Unless, did you okay, have anything so, else you wanted to say about the promo or that feud or anything like that? Didn't mean to no, that's switch topics. I think we got <laughs> uh, to go to the beginning of Raw. We had Cass come out and uh, do a promo on his own about his feud with Enzo. But then we had the Big Show get involved and actually take Cass down. Cass, his promo sucked balls, right? Oh, yeah. That was really bad. <laughs> uh, I was like, oh yeah, that's why Enzo was the mic man. So, um, how fast do you think they're going to need to put him with a manager? And do you think they're going to be smart enough to do it? Or do you think they're just going to fucking keep putting him out there week after week and try to make him do uh, these long-ass promos? Give him maybe a couple more shots. Um, and then after that, if it's really not working, then you can do the manager. Actually, you know what? Um, fuck it. At this point, this this would help shade him back into heel a little bit. Up, uh, have Titus O'Neil be his manager. Have Big Cass join the Titus brand. Fuck That's it. That's the first r- real legitimate contender. Yeah, you know. There you go. He's got Big Cass. He's got Apollo Cruz. He could get. Uh, he needs to fucking not do the Tazawa thing anymore. This is so stupid. Um, but you know, keep Apollo Cruz. Get Big Cass, maybe. Get um, mm-hmm. oh shit, who did I pitch before? I'm totally fucking blanking on Tony Nice. Oh yeah, get Tony Nice in that stable. There you go. You, there you go. Perfect. Then you got a you got a cruiserweight, you got a middleweight, and you got a giant guy. You've got the three sizes. It's like the Russian dolls that fit inside of each other. Yeah, it's the nothing egg. Yep. There. You go. And then he can come out. Oh, they can come out like a giant like Hindu god with like all the arms and stuff. Like, you can have Cass out in front so you can't see any of the other guys behind him, but then you have Titus O'Neil, Apollo Crews, and uh, Tony Nese in descending order behind him, but just all of their arms are going out. So you just see all the arms coming out of this, like, giant snake train of bullshit. No, they shouldn't do oh, that. Oh, God. <laughs> they should not no. do They can call it the Titus no, no, train. No. The Titus train. Woo woo, get on the Titus train. You know, actually, all right, if they came out and just did, like, a pumping motion. Like the moose thing, we call it yeah. the Titus train. That'd be better than the Titus snake. <laughs> and you have to bark like a dog as you do it. Oh, there you go. You bark instead of doing the toot toot. Aru, aru. Or the cha ching. Yeah. Millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. Millions. Is millions of dollars still his theme song? Uh, I think so. Yeah, because Darren Young's not using it. <laughs> I actually, I checked uh, yesterday the Raw roster, and Taren, Darren Young is still listed on the Raw roster. Oh, yeah, he's still employed. He's just not doing anything. Like, all right. <laughs> Fucking bring him into the Titus brand. Why isn't he in the Titus brand? He could drop, they could have a whole angle of, like, him getting him back from Bob, like, Bob Backlund. Like, yeah. Titus O'Neil oh, being like, Bob Backlund, you're just an old bitch. You didn't do nothing for my best friend. Me and Darren Young, we used to be the primetime players. We used to be... Tag team champions. You know, I'll do right by you. You come join the Titus brand. I'll get you right on the right track. Like, there you go. I just fucking wrote that promo. Take that. WWE, take it. My gift to you. Uh, one thing Matt and Jeff Hardy are taking is their gimmick back, possibly. Maybe. Maybe. We shall see. But uh, the Hardys got a promo. And they said that uh, they... Felt that since Chazar and Sheamus uh, 
I guess, have them thinking that they were going to fade away and class them, classify themselves as obsolete. Mm-hmm. And they had a proclamation, that, and they said that they might be broken. And there was all these things referencing, obviously, the broken universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some behind-the-scenes news, they possibly have an agreement with GFW to use the gimmick. Yeah, it's still uh, kind of up in the air, rumors at this point, but the rumors are saying that they might have the gimmick. Yeah. Uh, the biggest point to this is that uh, Rebby Sky said that she can no longer talk bad about Jeff Jarrett, TNA, GFW, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> whatever you want to call that, that show now, that embarrassment of a company. How the fuck did Jeff Jarrett weasel his way into this shit? Like, that dude... He's a fucking amazing... Anyway. In his own, like, snaky way, you know what I mean? Like, um... You know, here's a perfect comparison. Have you ever seen the show uh, Shameless before? Yeah. He's Frank Gallagher. He is Frank <laughs> Gallagher from Shameless. Just constantly, like, just... Getting himself somewhere yeah. that he doesn't, like, belong. Yeah, just, like, talking his way into shit that he doesn't deserve, like, conning people out of the things that they've worked hard for, and, like, all just, you know, it's all these, like, quick gimme grab, like, that's why he has to constantly be conning people. It's all these, it's cons. He's a con man. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, not to <laughs> get into the whole thing about Jeff Jarrett, uh, but, yeah, with Matt Hardy, um, I think, really, their optimal thing to do would be let Matt Hardy have that gimmick, but don't. Like, let Jeff Hardy be Jeff Hardy, I think. Because then you get the best versions of both of those guys. Like, Jeff Hardy is the Hardy boy, high-flying guy, and then Matt Hardy is, like, the broken weirdo character. Yeah. And honestly, I think, like, they don't even need to go full-blown with it. They just need to incorporate a couple of the bits of it. They need to do the voice. You know, just a little bit more of the wackiness, and then there you go. You got it. Yep. And everybody's happy. Mm Mm-hmm. And you, know, I like too that there's the other element they're building into the story of like at the pay per view, Jeff was one second too late, and then in this match that they had against the uh, club, he was one second too late to stop the pin. Mm-hmm. So like, there's that whole thing going on too. Like, it's just an interesting continuity bit, you know. Definitely. And then we have the revival uh, coming out and shattering them. Yes. So they went up against the club, and the club won. And then the Revival came out and beat them up even more. <laughs> Shattering Matt, I believe, or was it Jeff? Uh, I think it was Matt, actually, because I think Matt took mm-hmm. the pin. You notes, know what? Notes, notes. If they fucking want to, that would be an impressive and interesting way to put the Revival over big time, is that this is the impetus for the beginning of Matt's change, is the Shatter Machine, like, fucked his brain up. And then <laughs> now that starts the transformation for the Broken Matt gimmick. Uh, correction. So the club hit the magic killer on Matt, and then the revival hit the shadow machine on Jeff. Maybe they could hit another one on Matt. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or, or, uh, the PTSD of watching Jeff get hit with the shadow machine was so (laughs) bad that it (laughs) it snaps Matt's mind. (laughs) The shadow machine was so strong that it actually passed Jeff and just hit Matt. (laughs) It... I watched you take the Shatter Machine, and it broke me. <laughs> no, I can't do it at all. You, you gotta do it, Dad. Delete, delete, delete. delete. Oh, I shall go and back my and delete it. If if 
uh, if the broken gimmick is coming back and people are in a crowd and they're doing the delete signs, please keep your delete uh, chops uh, horizontal. Don't go vertical with them because then you're just hailing Hitler. <laughs> that's that's a good point. Uh, well, I did it. I was at like, a house of hardcore show and people are doing the delete sign. I'm like, nope, oh nope, you're just hailing Hitler. Like, Oh my God. Can you imagine, dude, some, some fucking person, like, thank God no SJWs watch wrestling. Because otherwise, somebody would just, like, some casual person be like, what the fuck? Why are all these people hailing Hitler? (laughs) (laughs) There would be this giant thing against WWE. It's like, oh, my God, they're racist. They're evil. They're, you know, they've got neo-Nazi characters. They're trying to delete people. (laughs) They're trying to delete people. Oh, my God. Yeah, they're trying. Oh, my God. They're trying to delete uh, Cesaro. You know, and he's European. Like, (laughs) yeah. I don't know. Maybe, probably not Jewish, but maybe. Oh man! Uh, and then the final thing from Raw is that we have a mystery with Kurt Angle of what Corey Graves has uh, on him with the dirt, mm. and it's going to be revealed next week. So, what do, what do you think is the nature of this secret? I mean, the the obvious thing is some kind of marriage thing, right? That he's cheating on his wife, right? Like some sort of love affair. Like so, in yeah. that case, like who would who is your prime suspect? Dixie Carter. Ah, oh, there's no, no. <laughs> like I'm not even like I think it'd be fucking hilarious to do that, but yeah. I just I think there's no way Vince would let that bitch on his TV. There's just there's no way. You let her on the network for like five seconds. They let her on the network. Oh, she was in the Kurt Angle special. Uh oh. Yes. Oh, but only no. for like. Hey, whatever. If she's oh, on there, is, if she's on there, it's is, too late. They might do That's it. The, oh no! This is this is why that theory came from is that she was on the network, oh, and no. then guess where Raw is next week? Please don't let it be in Florida. No, Nashville. Oh, Na- oh where, that's where she's from, right? Yep. Oh no! <laughs> oh fuck! Please, please don't let it be this. Oh, I was I was trying to like mentally prepare myself for the shit of it being Stephanie McMahon. And I was already not looking forward to that, but like, oh, god damn it! Now that now it that I'm thinking, it could still be Steph, right? But not in a love. Of, I don't think they would do an affair thing with her. I don't. Yeah, but like, but they didn't they tease that um, years and years ago with uh, Kurt and Steph. Yeah. And uh, when so Steph was with Triple H, and he felt that she was cheating on him with Kurt. Mm. Oh, you know what? So here's maybe they would do it like a she's cheating on Triple H with Kurt, but it's all actually a ruse to try and get Kurt to fight Triple H so that Triple H can retire Kurt Angle to stroke his own ego. <laughs> it was a ploy the whole time, and she was just honeypotting him. Oh, well, to just to get Kurt out of the picture, maybe? Yeah, like just to, just to fucking retire him, get him out of the business, get him off of Raw, so that then the authority can be back in charge again. There you go. Like, that's... You know what? Do that over Dixie Carter. Don't don't do Dixie Carter. Don't let that poison bitch on TV, please. 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 Uh, please. <laughs> um, do you think that Corey Graves is on Kurt Angle's side, or do you think that he has an ulterior motive? I think he's kind of like that. Uh... He's the sniveling guy that will be on whoever can 
get him the best promotion kind yeah. of a person. Yeah, because like until the whole you know it seemingly love affair thing was coming up, I was kind of thinking that Corey Graves was like basically playing Kurt Angle the whole time, and he's eventually like this angle is going to lead up to like Corey Graves like maybe replacing him as the GM. Mm-hmm. through kind of like a coup of like yeah i dug up this information like how do you think i fucking knew about it i'm the one that dug it up and spread the rumor you know and i found out the truth and got you out of the job you know because i want to climb the ladder like it's nothing personal i just want to climb the ladder and you're in my way like something like that um although another theory that i've been kicking around is because the other type of person that he might say i love you to other than a lover, which we could get into the whole, like, do you think it could be a gay lover, which I don't think it is. Um, oh, God, no. What if it's an illegitimate child? Ooh. What if one of the characters is going to be an illegitimate child of his? And do you think that illegitimate child is Chad Gable? That's what I want. I want it to be Chad <laughs> Gable. And Chad Gable, like, has been impressing him on SmackDown lately, and he's like, I want to trade for you to come to Raw. <laughs> But not Jason Jordan. Well, maybe Jason Jordan can come too. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, but at least bring Chad Gable. That'd be really cool. Um, although, so if if uh, who do you think? Like, do you think Chad Gable? Obviously, think he, I think he'd be a good pick. But if not Chad Gable, if there was an illegitimate child, who else? Who else could it be? I mean, maybe uh, maybe I Jason no Jordan. Him also being the athletic. <laughs> oh one. That could be. <laughs> That could oh would that be a fucking swerve as hell like they bring out both of American Alpha like he's like hey American Alpha could you guys come out and then they both and come out and everyone's like, like oh obviously it's Chad and then he just, <laughs> just does the whole thing of like you know uh, well you know long ago I uh, I had a, a passionate night with this woman in uh, this one city or whatever <laughs> and uh, you know there was a child born from it and uh, well Chad or Chad you're not my kid but uh, Jason you are <laughs> I don't know, some sort of thing. <laughs> That'd be fucking weird. Um, World star. Hmm. Or what about um, Elias Sampson, the drifter? And he's like, son, I want you to come home. <laughs> You've been wayward for too long. Seriously, get a shower? <laughs> Take a shower, get a job. Well, I guess you have a job. You work for me. <laughs> Take a shower, hippie. <laughs> No, I, I think that, I think I would be down with that to see a, an illegitimate uh, Chad Gable with Kurt Angle storyline. Yeah, they have their options. They do have their options, um, but yeah, I don't know. Now that you fucking said that it's in Tennessee, though, that does make me fucking afraid. <laughs> you know, it'll cheer you up. Anything, please. <laughs> The fact that AJ Styles is now the United States champion. Yes! At a house show, of all places, uh, this past weekend, at a house show at Madison Square Garden, uh, AJ Styles defeated Kevin Owens to become the new United States champion. Killer stuff. Um, I'm wondering if this is done for two different reasons. Like One of them being that they, they maybe want to like burn through the Styles and Owens feud because they maybe have uh, different opponents in mind for those guys for SummerSlam. So they want to like get through battleground and have that be the end of it. Uh, so they switch the title early, and like I think part of it's just because they're in Madison Square Garden. You know, it's a big arena, so they like to do different shit there sometimes. And uh, you know, when's the last time 
Oh, I do know last time. NXT title, right? They switched that on a house show? Yeah, and I think before that was the IC title or the tag. One of those. I think it was a tag. I think you're right. Maybe like 2010 yeah. or 11-ish. Yeah. Every like couple of years, they pretty much do it. Yeah. So, it, I mean, that's cool, you know? And then fucking, I think AJ Styles built on it very well. That's part of what sold it for me. Mm-hmm. Like, did you see his little online interview, too? Uh, no, I don't think so. Well, he, I mean, he pretty much kind of, like, covered that and went into it further on uh, the uh, on the actual show, too. Basically, just you know, reiterating that uh, having the U.S. title from now on, because he has it, means that you're the best. Like... What a fucking way to put over your title, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. It was simple. It was perfect. It was passionate. I th- I think he fucking looks great with the title. I'm excited. I think the on SmackDown, the United States title looked more like the main event title than the actual WWE title did. Funny how that happens, right? <laughs> when you put the well, title at, on a guy who's the- a legit dude, and then you put the title on a fucking jobber. <laughs> Well, because also look at the segments that they had. You had AJ Styles come out there and says he's going to do the open challenge again. Cena comes out and says that he's going to respond to it. Mm-hmm. Then you have Owens come out saying, like, no, 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 you can't do that. And then Rusev finally makes his uh, uh, return mm-hmm. uh, to do something. And he attacks Cena, and then you get a good tag team match out of that. Yeah, that was a, that was a really great tag team match. I I fucking love the chemistry between Styles and Cena. Like, oh my god, as foes and as and friends, they do no right. wrong. Dude, it's weird. I don't get it, but like, I feel like uh, I don't know. It was always one of those like dream match type of things. Like I feel like that chemistry makes sense on some level. Like because isn't isn't AJ Styles essentially kind of like the John Cena of like the TNA and and whatnot? Like he was that guy. He was the homegrown baby face sort of dude uh yeah so he when he was brought to tna it was still kind of early on in his career he hadn't made a name for himself mm-hmm. but then he grew up in the ranks of tna and that's what did it right so it was like i feel like in a lot of ways like these guys that were because they also came into the business very similar times right like they're similar age yeah. so you know, like, there's these kind of these, like, dudes who are very parallel for a long time, but then just never crossed, and then now they're in the same universe, and it's like, I don't know. It's just, it's really cool. I think they have a great chemistry. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's weird. So, I think part of what makes it special is somehow Styles always seems to feel like Cena's equal. And very few guys do that. Mm-hmm. Because, like, even Owens, who I think is close, Owens still feels like a step beneath Cena. But Styles feels like he's an equal. Like, I feel like any night that I see Cena and Styles fight, Styles could win. Yeah. Or Cena could win, and neither of it would matter. Well, not that it wouldn't matter at all, but just, like, that it, it wouldn't make the other guy look bad. Exactly. Like, like, yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah, so to speak. Uh-huh. Right? Yep. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited for some I mean, more open challenges too. I'd like to see him fight Chad Gable again. I think that's probably something they're building towards. Mm-hmm. Because they had that killer match before, and he'll want to come out and be like, hey, I want another uh, crack of the U.S. title there. Yep. Because it all did start over the U.S. Open Challenge. 
So I feel Everything like they'd does, they be a fool not to go back to that. Ooh, but then this this could be the whole uh, moral dilemma for Chad Gable. It's like, oh man, do I stay on SmackDown and go after the U.S. title, or do I join my dad on Raw? Dad on Raw. <laughs> oh, dude, dude. Wouldn't that like if he has that like okay, Kurt Angle drops that bomb on him, and then he's got like a week to decide. Oh. Man, that'd be must-see for me. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe nobody else would give a shit. But I feel like that's very compelling. It would be. Damn. That's deep, dude. Tough decisions for Chad Gable. In my fantasy booking land. <laughs> um, but other than that, I didn't have much else from SmackDown. It's kind of a very keep everything moving forward show yeah um i mean we got like the sexy fashion rangers which is a fun segment we got um a little bit more stuff with the women i feel like they really are having some trouble right now because it's like this it's this like booking the five women elimination match seems just kind of like a we don't know what to do with you guys so we're just doing this again because yeah so you the same match they had at um extreme rules or whatever or what was it payback pretty close yeah pretty close to it um, I feel and like they so it just match. seems like, yeah, it basically just seems like they're going, uh, all of you are involved, so we'll just give you each, like, a little bit of time. Yeah. Although, I guess, because I, I do think they're going to let Charlotte win this match, because I think they're going to build towards Charlotte and Naomi at SummerSlam. Because that's, I think that's definitely the biggest feud to do right now on that SmackDown brand. Mm-hmm. And... Like, because they can't give her the briefcase, so they have to, like, give her some sort of other bigger win, I guess, to get through the whole division. I'm thinking is their mentality yeah. here. Um, mm-hmm. I guess we'll see what happens, though. But I feel like that's the plan, is Charlotte's going to win this match. But, yeah, I think that's... Yeah, I mean, she hasn't had the title yet on SmackDown, right? So Right, and I think, and I think that if you do do this, uh, I think Charlotte probably would win the title. And then Naomi can chase. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, it's you know it's fine. It's time to give Charlotte the title, I think. Definitely. Like, not that Naomi's doing a bad job with it, but just, like, it's, it's part of Charlotte's character, you know? Like, she kind of can't go too long without having the title, I think. Yeah, and uh, she would do great with it, which is kind of like a no-lose situation. And just, uh, like, I think that it's, Naomi has had it long enough that I feel like it's like, yeah, okay, Naomi was champion. And then when she goes back into chase mode, I think that'll just help reinvigorate her. Because, like, she's been doing fine, but the problem is, like, they've just been doing so many, like, multi-woman bookings that she hasn't had a lot of strong defenses yet. So her title reign, while, like, Mm -hmm. I think that she's had a good presence, the problem is she hasn't had a lot of really good big matches. Which is like, yeah, yeah. I don't. I I just think it's really strange. Like, I feel like they should have. Um, I really. This is my pitch for what I think they should. I think they should have done a series of like two matches tonight, where it's like, say you do uh, like Charlotte and like uh, Tamina or like and like Becky and Natalia, like some combination of those, basically. And then the winners of those two matches will fight next week. The winner of that match will be the number one contender to fight Naomi at the pay-per-view or something like that. That could work. 
and then you could like i think this would be a way to like help further like you could do like let tamina win this little set of matches with like lana helping her to kind of help this little mm. duo along and then tamina could be a bigger challenger and then naomi can beat her and it's like a continuation of this little feud with Lana of like, oh, well, if I couldn't beat you, then I got Tamina to try and come and beat you. But like, oh, fuck, you beat Tamina, too. Like, you know, that's that's kind of what I would have done, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And like, it's it's been kind of weird. Like, they've been building up everybody well. It's just they have so much, they have only so much time for all these women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the problem. And especially, I think when we come to SummerSlam, you're going to see a lot of people not get space on the card that should. Um, mm-hmm. But then again, at the same time, there's going to be a lot of people who are just going to be thrown into fucking multi-man matches that are just going to do nothing for anybody. So, like, I think, you know, them building that multi-woman match for Raw is, like, already just kind of a sign of, like, well, fuck it, we know this match is not going to be a priority on this card. So... Like, we're not going to try and do anything big with it, so we're just going to throw the four top women at each other. That's it. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, we, we probably we might even get something similar on SmackDown, but I think they, 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 might, they might do Charlotte and Naomi. I think that's what they'll do. And that'll be fun. That'll be good. Uh, let's see. Should we move on to 205 Live? Yeah. And from that, all I have is the I Quit match, pretty much. Uh, yeah, I mean, Gallagher, Gallagher had a good promo. I think it was probably oh, right. the best one he's had to date. Um, but yeah, the big story here was definitely the I Quit match. Mm-hmm. What did you think of uh, Dar's little promo there, post-breakup? Oh, it was fantastic. Made him, that. like, into one of the best heels. I love it, dude. I, th- I think it fits his character so nicely of him just being this young kid. So he's, like, a, just a brash slimy little piece of shit who doesn't care about people and like he's he's cocky enough to even admit that and just say that in public like that he just manipulated her and that that's what he does he just uses people like <laughs> it's great I and then he's like that. i have girlfriends in every country in every city <laughs> yeah just like fucking playing it's like how were you seriously so stupid you didn't think i had a girl in every town like it was great well, that's what Alicia gets for only FaceTiming him and not being there in person. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I like, too, that I think it, it helps justify, like, even if this wasn't the plan all along, it fits very well with what they've done so far with the storyline of, like, him just beelining and stealing her away from Cedric Alexander and then just trying really hard to make sure nobody else got her, you know, this whole time because, like, basically he was trying to use her to just increase his own spotlight and get mm-hmm. opportunities. So it was like, all right. Perfect. Yeah, like when he's like, look at you, why would I be into you? Yeah. Why would I be into you? <laughs> he's such a good piece of shit. Like, I loved it. Because, yeah, the whole him breaking up with her was kind of like a babyface thing. And this is a really good way to turn it back and get him some heat. Because mm-hmm. the crowd did turn. Like, at first they were cheering and then they did boo. Like, pretty viciously. So, well done. Good job, Nomdar. Well done on something on 205 Live? Wow. Yeah. Well, all right. So I, I have another question for you regarding 205 Live roster and stuff like that. Um, with Enzo Amore uh, kind of branching off now a little bit in, onto his own potentially, do you think there would be a way to book 
and the incredible underdog story of Enzo Amore being the one to dethrone the king of the cruiserweights, Neville. Possibly. Because I'm trying to think of, like, at this point, because, like, they're doing Tozawa against him. But, like, I don't know how many other guys they have in that weight class that are over enough. Like, are big enough babyface to dethrone Neville at this point. Like, he's been doing so good. That I feel like unless like the, they unless they put Finn Balor in the cruiserweight division, I feel like Enzo would probably be the best option. But the only way Enzo technically beats Neville on the mic, definitely not in the ring. Well, it would have to be a fluke win. Yeah, I think, and then either I guess he would have to have some sort of shit to keep it around, or he would have to like lose it back. I don't know. Maybe he yeah. maybe he could like pull some sort of shit and then Neville has to feud with somebody else to get him off the title real quick. Yeah. Or like Enzo could like just barely survive Neville, like some sort of stipulation where he could like win a match but not necessarily like dominate him to like keep the title. Mm-hmm. Cause I think like that would be an interesting way to like because Enzo Amore is over as fuck. And if he went to the cruiserweight division, I think a lot of people would like the interest would move with him. Like, a lot more people would pay more attention to it. Because, like, the, the answer to 205 Live is not putting Titus O'Neil on there and putting Sasha Banks on there. Like, it's integrating more of the wrestlers that people fucking care about. You know? Yeah. In a wrestling role. Like, exactly. When you put Austin Aries on there and you put Neville on there and they were, like, doing some crazy shit, like, people were starting to get into it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, people are starting. I think, like, people are coming more over onto it a little bit. You know, like, Tazawa's starting to pick up some steam. Um, Swan's trying to do a thing with TJP right now. We'll see where that goes, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's just, 205 Live is just such a chore for me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Well, you know, let's go on at NXT then, because I know you were excited for the thing that happened there. We had a bunch of good things happen on NXT. We had the return of Johnny Wrestling. So, do you, is this new uh, theme music for him, too, that he played at the end of his promo? Yeah. Excellent. Which was... Is that his old theme? Or something, like, from the indies? Or is that, like... I'm his... not sure. I, n- I never got to see him on the indies. Okay. Because, yeah, like, I feel he like... Was, he's... Go ahead. He was a Cleveland guy. So, I mean, he would come to the East Coast, but just only every once in a while. Because hmm. I feel like the crowd popped, like bigger for it than just like some random thing so i was trying to think like or you know just wonder if that was like an old theme of his that somebody recognized um we could do some do some digging we could we could do some digging at some point but uh we don't really need to dig very far to uh see that bobby fish has debuted in nxt great great signing by WWE, and that uh kyle o'reilly is apparently with coming with him yeah, uh, he appeared at a live event or something like that for NXT. Yeah, uh, live event because he wasn't on TV yet. Mm. So possible Red Dragon appearance in the NXT arena, and I'm very excited about that. Uh, Bobby Fish uh, didn't get a win in his debut, going against Aleister Black, but had a great match nonetheless. <laughs> Just wish, oh, wish he could get a win in his debut. It's okay. They'll. Uh... 
they'll just put him and Kyle O'Reilly together. They need a tag team. Yeah. Because after having and, machinery, they're going to need a challenger real bad for authors. Well, I guess they're trying to do sanity next. They teased that a little yeah. bit at the end of the episode. So. Yeah, you had the uh, heavy machinery go uh, lose to authors of pain, but then have sanity come out afterwards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like supposed to be pages of a book falling from the ceiling, and only like two or three pages actually fell. Oh no, no, no it was way more than that. It just felt like it felt very weird. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like it was not executed well. Like, just no, because they, yeah. they haven't built up the Book of Pain enough, like, for it to be a thing. Yeah. Like, Paul Ellering needs to be, like, carrying it around, like, writing in it, like, during matches and shit. Like, he needs to fucking hit somebody with it. Like, yeah, like it, uh, it needed to be more of Truth a thing. Martini. And Truth actually, Martini you know, used to walk around with yeah, an right. actual book called the Book of Truth. Exactly. Yeah, ex- you're right. Um, you know, because it... On top of that, too, instead of them having just like the shit rain down from the ceiling, they should have actually come out with the book and then ripped the pages out of it. Like, because then people would have like seen it and been like, oh shit. Because then you see Paul Ellering reacting like, hey, no, don't rip my book. And yeah, like, like, we're have, ripping your book and we're them, eating the pages. <laughs> have like a copy of the book where with all the pages ripped out and then have the pages come down from the ceiling. And it's like, oh shit, they ripped up the book and then now oh, they're. Oh, there you go. Yeah, look at that. Something like that. We just needed to brainstorm together. There we go. We brought yeah. both of the ideas together. You can still have your cake and eat it too, WWE. Uh, and you're definitely gonna cake, get some cake with uh, having Red Dragon signed. Super excited to see what they do with them. Definitely. And uh, do you see any uh, bright horizons for the Street Profits? We had a little promo for them. The uh, Crime Time 2.0. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about that. That's great. Uh yeah, let's see how they let's see how they do. <laughs> I think they they seemed a little bit funnier, a little bit more charismatic than Crime Time, but that is the gimmick. Like they're just taking Crime Time's gimmick. Yeah, I can't believe I didn't think of that. <laughs> <laughs> we're two thugs. That's it. <laughs> and we're on the street. Although I like Street Profits. That's a good name. That's a better name than Crime Time. Yeah. Like, cause Crime Time is just straight up. Like, we're, we're not just from the streets, but we're criminals. Like, <laughs> at least Street Profits is like, we're not necessarily criminals. Like, they could be, like, rappers or something. Like, you have Profits in that way. Even though it's, like, Profits spelled with an F. So, it's, like, mm-hmm. Street Profits as in money. Which is, like, that's fine. Yeah. It's the double entendre, if you will. Uh, I see what they did oh, there. Oh, double entendre. <laughs> All right. Let's finish up our week with some lucha. Lucha, underground lucha. we got uh, the finishing of the first cup of or the first round of the Cueto cup and we got some more crazy shit going on including another honeypot scene we uh we pitched a potential one there with a uh, triple h stephanie and angle but we mm-hmm. did get a real honeypot segment with brenda famous bn tejano what did you think of mm-hmm. that <laughs> <laughs> i just love <laughs> you want to buy me a drink <laughs> Dude, all right, I thought Tejano in this segment was bad. I thought Brenda in this segment was bad. Famous B is the king of this segment. He was hilarious. The fucking pulling in of the rope thing. Oh my god, dude, I lost it. Winking at the camera. Yeah. Oh my god. Famous B is so like he's great, dude. He's a great comedic um, actor. 
he's hilarious. But yet, so if if a girl ever said that you're boring, you're gonna crush a bottle in your hand. Yeah, like this is this, this is some Roman Reigns roid rage level shit. Like Tejano, <laughs> I bet would also kill a man in an ambulance <laughs> out of frustration for losing a match fair and square. <laughs> um, oh man! But we we saw some yeah. even crazier shit when uh, so we have a main event match in the second week here of uh, Phoenix taking on Marty. In a second round mm-hmm. match, and Phoenix gets the win, but there was like a lot of brutality in the match. Like, you know, he's, uh, Marty was ripping the mask, and uh, earlier we saw him come out with the this like lunchbox and was like eating food out yeah. of it, all weird and gross and shit. But then after the match, he pulls out a fork, and I don't know about you, but at first I I saw him pull that out and I was actually kind of like disappointed and worried. I was like, oh shit, is Lucha Underground about to do some stupid weird shit? But then they did some amazing weird shit. Like, with some real psycho shit. Yeah, attacking Phoenix with the fork. Fucking stabbing him in the brain, dude. Like, that was really uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. That was rough. Went on for just like a little too long for my taste, but yeah, it he, worked. And he was like really close to his eye too, and he was like just ugh, ugh. And there was a lot of trust there. There was a lot of trust there, <laughs> and like it looked good too. You know, they had a lot of like you know blood there, you know, for the effect, so it was it was good. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, making Melissa watch, and and Melissa was the fucking perfect one too, because you know they've been teasing more of this chemistry with Phoenix, but then she's got the ongoing problems with Marty the Moth. So her mm-hmm. being the perfect victim for all this on top of it, too, of having to watch. It was great. It was it was physical violence and psychological violence. Definitely. And uh, speaking of relationships, though, we had a little bit more Jeremiah Crane and Sexy Star. Mm, yeah, we get a little bit of that. Uh, well, Sexy Star was basically just coming out the fuck over Taya because she fucked over Sexy Star. Uh, but yeah, Jeremiah but... Crane looking... Like a badass, and it's not afraid to hit women. <laughs> Which is going to come in handy. I feel like at some point he's going to have to kick Katrina. Because he's going to have to have that match with Mil Mortez, I'm assuming, next round. Because there ain't mm-hmm. no way the Mil Mortez ain't making it to the next round. <laughs> Definitely. So we get uh, Crane and Mil Mortez. I'm excited for that, dude. I feel like Crane has been killing it these last couple weeks. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Do we need to be done? I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah, that, I could feel that. All right, I think we've gotten through uh, pretty much everything. I have uh, one last question for you because it is the fan question of the week. Um, because we got the May Young tournament coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, our question is uh, because a lot of the we, we assume a lot of these women are going to be getting signed into WWE after or at least some of them uh, who should be afraid for their jobs among the WWE women Summer Rae so, I definitely I think Summer Rae should be afraid Alicia Fox I think Alicia Fox should definitely be afraid especially after ending this angle now yeah right. I mean, after this she doesn't have anything have? going so um, let's, I think maybe Dana Brooke she might she might Ooh, get yeah, yeah. I forgot about her. Like, she's, <laughs> she's been around a little while. They haven't... Although, um, I'm trying to remember. Didn't they do some sort of fucking thing? I might be making this up. But didn't um, 
Emma like take her aside at some sort of event recently, and they were like teasing maybe that they're gonna get back together. Possibly, yeah. Because I think that's that's got to be her best and probably only option at this point. It's it's either she gets back together with Emma or they get her out of here with a, some better yeah. women. Um, let's see. I feel like Tamina should be on the chopping block, but I sh- she probably won't be because of her name. She's decent enough, though. Dude, she sucks. Tamina sucks. We have Nia Jax. What do we need Tamina for? We Nia have a Samoan girl who can now. work twice as better. You know, twice as good. Wait, what were you saying about... Uh... Oh, my God, what? Tamina. Uh, Tamina is basically like the B-rate version of uh, Nia Jax on SmackDown. Because you don't have Nia Jax on SmackDown. Yeah. Yeah, Tamina, she's poop. Let's see, I feel like... Uh, Lana, I think. No, nah, they'll keep her for the personality. Because she's a character. Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe they get rid of her, though. I, well, you know, I think it's, it's, it's going to be telling over the next couple of months to see what how it goes with this gimmick. Because clearly they want somebody to do this gimmick. So mm-hmm. if she's able to kind of make it work to whatever level they want it to, then I guess she'll probably be fine. Because they always like having yeah. that fucking sex pot, like, you have sexy blonde chick who, you know, that's all she is. <laughs> and Lana's... Uh, the only out. other person... The only other person I can think of is possibly Paige, with all the stuff that's going down right now. Yeah, I mean, that's... Yeah, that's a whole other fucking issue. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. don't I'm, even... I'm less worried about her keeping her job and more like, you know, keeping her life yeah like actually biological Crazy. life and you know just in like the general like just not ruining her life and shit you know like physically mentally yeah just that girl needs some help i think she needs to get away from del rio that guy's a stinker um he sucks he really does suck um let's see i think is there anybody else who should be gone because I feel like Emma should definitely stay around, obviously. Bailey, Sasha, the rest of the four horsewomen, Naomi, Natalia, Carmella. I think that's I think that's everybody. Yeah. And then like I think definitely some of those NXT girls, like Aaliyah needs to go. She sucks. Oh god, uh, yeah, I wasn't thinking of NXT. I think Liv Morgan is very on the fence. She I, if I were booking it, I'd be like, let we we need to like see something from you. Yeah, maybe we need to give you some opportunities, yeah. but we need to see something from you. Otherwise, like we got other girls. Could light a fire under some of these girls. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I think like Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, like I think they're good enough. Like they've got a thing. Like they've got a good gimmick going. I'd, I'd like to see them maybe yeah. join up with Emma. Like get a sexy Australian threesome. Definitely. But that just preys into my weakness. I love the Australian accent. <laughs> anyway, I won't fantasize too much in front of all of you. um but yeah hold on my last my last little question this is very quick uh what what the fuck uh should the winner of this tournament get because they're not going to make another women's title i don't think um i think they get a shot at like the nxt women's championship i could see them doing nxt i could also see i think it'd be a cool concept if they said that it's like you get a shot at the women's title of your choosing or something like that like so it could be the NXT title, it could be SmackDowns, or it could be Raws. 
And then there's a little bit of like mystery around of like, ooh, who are they going to choose? Where are they going to sign? I don't know. Yeah, I I prefer NXT. I because I just think that would be a good if if they end up not doing um, Ember Moon taking the title from Asuka, mm-hmm. having a tournament winner would be a good. Yep, which uh, a good one. I I did a, a quick look at some of the women that are in. It. I'm pretty sure with my my early prediction because I haven't done a whole bracket thing because I haven't looked at the bracket yet, but uh, I think that the Japanese girl, I think Kyrie Sane, I think is what they're calling her now. I think Kyrie Sane is going to win it. Set up a big opponent for Asuka. Because, oh. yeah, I think, I you're, think, I think you're probably on, right. I the winner does go into NXT, probably. Got to look at the names, and I can tell you the one that I thought. Because there's another one of the big ones was, like, Candice LeRae. Like, oh, I think Candice LeRae. Yeah. That's the other one I'm like, well, maybe her. Which, I'm wondering, maybe these two will be in the finals. That'd be kind of crazy, right? Yeah, maybe. Kyrie Sane uh, and I am looking Array. forward to this uh, classic, though, because having Jim Ross and Lita as an announced team is very interesting. Yeah, that'll be an interesting pair. But, uh, yeah, it'll be hopefully really exciting. Um, but, yeah, I guess yeah. that'll do it for us this week, right? Yeah. Uh, please check us out on social media, uh, Facebook, Super Smart Brothers, Twitter, at Smart Brothers, and shoot us an email like these uh, listeners have with these questions, supersmartbrothers at gmail.com. And please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and our original home of Podbean. See you all next week, motherfuckers. Peace out.